Welcome to the Melomancy Podcast, Season 2, Pre-Season, where we didn't prepare an intro. My name is Dylan. My name is Victim. I haven't said those words in so long. Do you remember when the last time we recorded was? Uh, it's been like a year at least. It has to have been over a year, because I remember in one of our later episodes, maybe like fourth or fifth from the last that we made, I like surprised you guys that, that Destiny was pregnant. Well, my son's a year old now. He's old news. <laughs> okay, it's probably like a year and a half or more now than damn. Uh, I tried to explain it in one of my little rant Mancy video or sound clips that I made, but I, I've only done three of those. I should stop advertising them. They're, they're not going to happen very often. I did try to explain the hiatus. I kind of want to transition from a, a, the season one that we did to season two. I know we didn't really have a finale, but like it feels like enough time has passed that we need to like start fresh, do something, just, just start it again fresh like we can't just pick up where we left off i think yeah i I can think i can agree to that yeah so i have graduated from college that's probably the biggest change but as it stands right now it is almost august the end of june or july and i'm still on night shift i love my job i really do but uh i'm stuck on night shift until september and then in september i'm on swings for a month and then I'll be on days for a while. Once I'm on days, I'll probably see everyone a lot more often. I was a little disappointed in how much free time I gained at first. This is only my second weekend not having any classes. I mean, at least it's some free time. Yeah, I, I've gotten stuff done. I'm getting my documents and stuff together to maybe buy a house back in my hometown because I don't want to stay in this college town. I, I was here for one purpose and it's over, so. <laughs> yeah. If Sarge was here, he would make a joke about how Tacoma is like the armpit of Washington State. But, you know, <laughs> I'll make that joke for him since he's not here. <laughs> it's the armpit of Washington State. <laughs> Even smells funny. Tacoma aroma is what they would say. Oh, God. People driving past will smell like shit. As you drive across their signature bridge, uh, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, which you may have seen videos of the old one, like warping and breaking because it was kind of a famous event. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. I cross that bridge all the time. I mean, they rebuilt it. I was going to say, that's that's pretty impressive. You can cross a bridge that's collapsed. <laughs> oh, enough about me. What have you been up to, Victim? I mean, we talk all the time, but we're recording, so. we And it's been a while. Um, I don't know. I mean, life has been really weird lately, I guess, for me. Hmm. You don't have to go into too many details if you're not comfortable about it, but, I mean. Yeah. How you doing? Ups and downs. I've been I've been pretty good, I guess. Uh, I mean, I started streaming recently. I did it because uh, I needed I need, basically during the day when nobody's around, I just needed something to do, and that's been sporadic, I guess. I've been getting uh, new viewers here and there, and uh, there's a guy who hosts me every once in a while, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think I was there for one of those. I was just going to bed though, so I missed it. But yeah. a bunch of people jumped in your chat, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> you're you're playing uh, Final Fantasy XII: The Zodiac Age on PC, and it is such a great game. Like the original twelve is probably my favorite Final Fantasy. Still, uh, yeah, I mean, like eight was the one that you know, if you're like, "Oh, what's your favorite Final Fantasy?" I'm like, "Oh, easily, it's number eight. But I mean, I can't say twelve is my favorite yet, but it's it's definitely contending. Yeah, like how far did you get? I haven't watched your last most recent stream and um, i keep bailing up before the end of them so i don't I have a hard time keeping track of where you're at 
trying to think of what I did last. Last time I saw you, you were getting your ass pounded by Adramalek, my favorite summon. I beat him. You beat him. Excellent. Yeah, I got really lucky. So you beat him in that sitting. Uh, yeah. Come back. It was either in that sitting or the start of the next stream. I, I leveled up a little bit, and but what I did is I went and I got new gear. And once I got the new gear, I went in. I'm like, oh shit, he's flying. So that didn't really help me any. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I still don't have my ranged characters here. So what I did was I um. I just said, "Fuck it! I'm gonna do my, I'm gonna do my, my limit break or my mists or quickenings. I guess is what they're called." Did you ever get um, more quickenings? Or are you still on one each character? Yeah, I, I got all of them. Oh, all good. Them. Yeah, for it's everyone. a staggering difference, isn't it? So what I did is I went to do the, the normal bout, and I think it was Bosch got put to sleep, so he didn't get put into the turn order. And I was like, "Oh fuck!" Well, I got really lucky, and I still got like 15 of them off, and did like half of his health. And so when he came, when he woke back up, I did it again. Got lucky again. I then put Balthier in the party, did it again. And oh. I just sat there and quickened him <laughs> over and over and over until I beat him. I told you they were worth it and you didn't believe me. Like They're really powerful. My... You should have had them all squared away on every character by the Tomb of Wraithfall. And because they're going to like, they're cool and their damage is pretty high. But like pretty soon their damage isn't going to really be enough. Yeah. Like, their usefulness will help you backtrack on some hunts that you've been skipping, I'm assuming. And um... Nope. <laughs> I spent two whole uh, streams now doing hunts I missed. Uh, so I'm like, I think I'm down to three left. And then I did two optional areas, with one being uh, the passage. Oh, you went back to the Barheim Passage? Yeah. Did you fight Gemini? Or Zalera? Yes. Did you win? Yes, I think. Oh, this is an Esper. Yes. The the one that looks like two people. I'm trying to remember. I think I did. <laughs> oh, yes, I must have, because I, I got back into the Garheim waterway. Or Gar, Garmsite, sorry. Oh, from the Barheim Passage. Yeah. Oh, then you, you yeah, you must have. Yeah. It, in the, the, in the Garmsite waterway, there is yet another summon. Oh, no, I fought it. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you win? It kicked my ass. He got killed by the fat fuck. Oh my god! He, I, I, they kept he kept sapping my my people. Like he, he actually just innately does that. I, I mostly got unlucky. I'll say. I think if I went and fought him a second time, I could have beaten him. But I was getting kind of tired at that point in the stream, so I just said I said fuck it. And I wasn't going to. It's going to carry on a little bit. That's that's hilarious. That guy like getting to him is such a challenge. Like that puzzle pisses me off. Because you gotta like open some sluice gates and close others and like go do other shit and and eventually you'll have it right. Yeah, and I I look it up every time. Like I don't remember doing this when I was young. <laughs> I mean, like I figured it out pretty early on that like obviously certain passages open up, but once I got both of the two extra like the, the two ones you had to get at the end, I was like, okay, I got them, but nothing's changed. Like nothing at all has changed. I'm like, what am I supposed to do now? I'm like. It came down to a point where, like, I ran around for like twenty minutes. I'm like, "All right, hey, chat." Um, can somebody just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing? And the guys like, "Oh, you're supposed to do the two middle ones." I'm like, "How the fuck am I supposed to guess that?" <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there wasn't anything really indicating, like, no nothing changed, right? So the puzzle essentially just looked like I had hit two buttons, and I wasn't sure if I was maybe supposed to hit those buttons yet or anything like that. There's nothing really indicated. Nothing yeah, there was, like, looked no like feedback. A, yeah, no feedback. So I had no idea I was doing the right thing, even. 
you just had to go into happen to check on the boss room and it's like, oh, I can go in now. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, that's awesome. So you you fought Kukulin and lost, but you you did fight and win Adramalek and Zalera. Yeah. That is excellent progress. A Ooh. lot of the espers on my first run, I had to go back and get. Oh, okay. So I actually strong-armed fucking Zalera and Kukulin into submission on my first playthrough on the PS2 because I went back after beating the game. Because there's no post-game. Like, if you beat the game, it just goes to the title screen, right? Oh. But there, there's a really obvious, like, this is the final dungeon point of no return save before entering this, right? Yeah. Um, which, uh, spoiler, you will enter from your airship. It will be obvious. Um, I should probably just tell you so you don't fall into the trap. Okay. But um, the, the final dungeon is one of the enemy airships. I won't describe it to you because I think it's cool, but it's the Bahamut. Oh, okay. I mean, so that makes when, sense. Yeah, because they're all named after the classic summons. So when the game offers you to fly the airship, your airship into the Bahamut, don't do it. <laughs> Save. Because that's the point of no return. Okay. Yeah, you no, should definitely take it on when it's available to see if you could beat the game. Because... I don't find much enjoyment in strong arming the final boss because this game has really good post game challenges. It's just since it's an old PS2 game of Final Fantasy Flair, like beating the final boss gets you to the title screen after watching the credits. Like there's no reload your save file and come back like modern games. And I think they kept it that way in Zodiac Age. I didn't beat my copy of the Zodiac Age. I ended up dropping it for the games because I already beat it on PS2. Yeah. So um, I don't know if post game is a thing, but you should be aware of that. Especially because um, once the final dungeon is available, that's like the game's signal that all side questing is open. Like nothing will be blocking you. you. The game can't tell that you've beaten the final boss because it goes to the tile screen. So once you have the ability to challenge the final boss or the final dungeon, I should say, then all of the other quests that may have been waiting will be open. And there are some really awesome hunts that you gotta you gotta do on stream. Like I think you, you'll love the shit of it. Yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Especially the Gilgamesh fight. That one is amazing. Yeah, that's something I want to do because in, in 14, apparently, there was a fun uh, fight with Gilgamesh, and I never did do it, and I kind of feel bad for not doing it. But now that I hear there's another fun one coming, I'm pretty excited. Oh, yeah. It's definitely my favorite fight from 12. That and um, I think I liked the fight with the Seer. Since you played 14 and saw the promotional material for the Evely stuff, right? Yeah. You probably saw a giant lighthouse-looking thing. Yep. That is a dungeon towards the end of the game, but it is not the final dungeon. That's probably my favorite dungeon in the game, just because it looks cool and it has a cool theme, and it's like 100 floors of madness. If you return to that lighthouse, you know, once the final dungeon is open to you, or some other trigger before that, I'm not sure. I didn't come back till the final boss was available. You can go into the basement of the lighthouse, which has even more floors. And at the very bottom, you can fight the seer, which is a really powerful hunt mark. And in the floors just above where the seer is, which is, they're all very circular, um, you can fight Ixion, which is another really cool fight. Oh, okay. It's that Thunder Horse dude. Yeah. It's so cool. So cool. Where did I fight him recently? What game? Would have been 15? Was there an Ixion in 15? I don't know. I might there, was a, there was a. You're thinking of Quetzalcoatl, maybe, but because Quetzalcoatl was in 15 as an enemy. But yeah, either way, no, Ixion, Wherever I fought him before, he's pretty cool. Once you get to Final Fantasy X, you'll see a lot more of Ixion because he's one of the summons. Yeah. 
and that game takes their summons really seriously. Actually, you There's know only a few of them. It might have been when I rewatched Monty's uh, Dead Fantasy that, that I'm remembering. And it's possible. I, I did my uh, my annual rewatching of that just a couple weeks ago. <laughs> We gotta pay respects. Gotta pay respects to the legend. <sighs> but yeah, um, so to take the spotlight back, um, I I don't know. Like I've talked about it enough in our Discord that anybody in Melomancy probably knows that I've been playing a lot of Xenoblade Chronicles too. <laughs> I mean, a lot. <laughs> I got it because I heard it was a hundred hour RPG. I heard Xenoblade Chronicles One was a beloved title that a lot of people liked. One might say it's absolute unit. Absolute unit. Also, Xenosaga was really cool in Xenogears, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't know how this is related to all that, and I haven't really played any of those other games, but it's got a cool art style, and the chicks are hot, so I'll play it, right? I didn't know what I was getting myself into, and it ended up being one of my favorite JRPGs. Like, People like shit about it online all the time because of the designs of the female characters, but like they don't really look that weird. From what I've seen, they look much more. I'm, I'm going to even use the word modest. They even they look more modest and still at the same time fairly. I'd say I don't want to say generic, but I'm like average in terms of like JRPG characters. Yeah. So there was a media blitz uh, before Xenoblade Chronicles Two was released by you know those people in media. And um, they would post pictures of one of the rare blades called Dahlia, which is like this rabbit chick. Yeah. She's like a, an anthropomorphic rabbit. And she has like huge tits, like for no reason. Like they're actually pretty jarring. And the design is not my favorite. It's not very good. However, this is a rare blade. You could beat the game and never pull her. And the rare blades aren't really part of the story. Like they all have their own side quest with voiced content for each of them. But they're all side quests. Like, I didn't pull Dahlia until I already beat the final boss. Oh, well. And I was like, oh, that's what that controversy was about. The rest of the characters are like, it's okay. A lot of them will point to Pyra, who is the lead character girl. She has um, a really interesting outfit. Like, she's got, like, short shorts that are, like, red leather and and a form-fitting top, right? And she's got, like, she's got big tits, but they're not, like... Dahlia's unrealistic ones they're like if you've ever seen a girl with large tits that isn't fat like this is this is it like yeah it looks it looks these natural. people are real normal or rather <laughs> I guess it's just a natural there are women out there with some interesting lead yeah. sized well so yeah, but <laughs> there was this media outrage about all of this and like with the exception of Dahlia which I will admit to them their criticisms really just don't apply like these girls don't look that unrealistic I mean the weird anime shit like with like spikes growing out of their heads like you know that's that's weird because it's you know weird yeah. anime stuff but like their body proportions are not unnatural they it, it just seems like these game journalists just don't want to admit that busty women exist and should be represented like it's a crime to represent them maybe they're just from australia maybe they're from australia <laughs> <laughs> it's like how dare you represent these realistic body types that are obviously pandering to men who like them it's like well I mean, at the end I've, of the day, every single blade in the blade album will tell you who designed them. It's plenty of chicks. Yeah. And one a of the lot big of the blades were designed by women. Is that it's come out a lot more. You can look through uh, Twitter. You can look through Facebook. You can look through literally anything on the Internet. And one of the biggest things 
is that men like many different sizes of breasts. So really nothing you can do is going to stop a man from enjoying uh, your design. Some some man out there. And plenty of females too, mind you. I can see you've got uh you got quite the uh the typing going on there. Oh, I know, I'm sorry. I was listening, I swear. <laughs> Sarge just posted in Discord that he just saw our message and I was like, get in here, we're talking about boobs. <laughs> <laughs> well anyway, uh, the point was is I, I I've been playing a shitload of Xenoblade Chronicles 2, and oh my goodness, it was a better JRPG than I was ever expecting. Like it reminds me a lot of Fantasy Star. Oh. Specifically, Fantasy Star Online and Fan and Fantasy Star um, Universe. Yeah, I actually didn't play Fantasy Star Online and Fantasy Star Universe. I I know people who did, and those people convinced me to get Fantasy Star Portable on the PSP. Which, Ooh. if you've never played that, is a super faithful port of the game. Like it's basically that game in your hands. Wait, one or two. Um. I don't know. <laughs> oh, wait. Portable. Right. I played Portable 1. Okay. I played Portable 1. I didn't play Portable 2. I wanted to because it had actual online mode instead of just yeah. ad hoc only. But um, I never... It just didn't happen. I, I didn't have money or the game went out of style when I did. And it just never happened. But it was the first one was so replayable. I was in high school at the time. Like, I was like a senior or junior or something. So, like, I would always go and, and play with my friends who also had it. And we would, like, quest together in the four player quests and it was awesome. Yeah, so yeah, I played number I remember two. Kyle explaining it to me. He was like, okay, Dylan, here's what you need to do. The beasts do more damage, so you should give them really accurate weapons. Um because accurate weapons are weak and it makes them better. And I was like, shouldn't I min max? And they're like, no, no. Min max in this game is bad. <laughs> mm. And uh if you're playing a cast, they have really good accuracy, so you should give them the big fucking axes that miss all the time and then you'll never miss and your damage output will be better and i'm like you guys really have this figured out huh and they're like yeah we played a lot of pso <laughs> <laughs> and wouldn't you know they were fucking right so i forget what the names of the classes were but i played a cast because casts were great and i mastered a couple of base classes and then i played some other class that was like a, a merge of two and my primary weapon was I would switch between the dual swords and the sword and unit. I, I, I don't remember if it's called unit, but this little floaty guy that gives me magic spells that I can equip on him. I don't really remember. I forget what that's called actually now too. Yeah, I forget as well, but it was like super useful and it was just a play style that I really liked. And I had friends that had just a wide variety of characters and builds and Anyway, uh, Xenoblade reminds me of the combat in that because in the PSP version, you would just mash buttons, but in PSO, you would auto attack really slowly. But if you press the button, right, when the land, the hit lands, you will like immediately go into a different animation and like do another attack and it's faster. And then if you timed it again, you would do a third hit, right? It was like a combo, but you had to time it every time and it was worth it because it was better damage output. So in Xenoblade Chronicles 2, everyone auto attacks, but every auto attack raises three bars on your little bottom right corner. And each of them are your special attacks, right? When any one of these bars is filled, you can hit the button and do the attack. But if you cancel your attack, 
when you do it, like everything is just better. Like the attacks better, you restore more energy. And so it's, um, the, the auto attacks become like a metronome for you to crit way, pressing other buttons, like instead of mashing a button to attack. That actually sounds pretty cool. That was so fun. Like it makes combat entertaining and not a button mash fest because I'm timing the button presses, not mashing them. Like I gain nothing from mashing them. The auto attacks is just a metronome. And I always thought that was super cool. And the, the way combat plays out, like it's got a lot going for it. Like there's two kinds of combos, driver combos and blade combos where the blade combos, there's a fourth ability in your bar that only fills when you do the arts I was just explaining, right? Yeah. And that lets your blade do a special attack. And if you do certain elements in order, a handy graph is displayed on screen every time you start one of these combos. Like you could do fire, 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 and the final blade that does it will have like a little cutscene where they do an attack, and then a little fire orb will circle around your enemy to remind you that you've already done fire to them. This is important in a minute. And each ability or each element has an effect, like fire seals self-destruct. So if I never did another blade combo or I only did fire after that, they could never self-destruct on me. Or dark seals reinforcements they can't call for help. So because some boss, some super bosses will call little minions and fuck your day, right? So you can just hit him with a dark blade and then never combo again. <laughs> that actually works. So then if your party gauge is full, which fills with every action you take, this is used to revive the dead. Um, if it's full, you can expend the whole thing and do a blade combo where the game just pauses and in a cutscene, your blades, you pick out which ones you want to do the thing and they just do their specials over and over to the enemy and breaks the orbs that are on them. Like if there's a fire orb on the enemy and I hit him with a special from a water blade, it does two out of its three health and then the next person goes and they can hit it with any blade and it'll burst the fire orb, which means we get another turn to just spam specials at them. And so... To fight super bosses, you stack orbs on them really quickly and then destroy them. Yeah. And the numbers are really big, and it's just the combat is just really like interesting and engaging, I think. Like there's never a dull moment, even when you're like fighting the same super boss over and over for their drops. Like it's been really entertaining. Also, AJ's been waking up really early in the morning, and I can't just be on my computer. <laughs> But like when I'm downstairs and like I feed him and get him milk and stuff, like I can I can play Xenoblade. <laughs> I mean, it sounds incredibly. I, don't know, I wanted to say interesting, but it honestly, it sounds super satisfying to play as well. Yeah, it's it's really good. I I don't know if it can be streamed because I don't think the Switch has a Twitch app. But I've seen like people stream it before, and I don't know how they're doing it. And I don't know if Nintendo will let them because they they have weird media policies i think like when it comes to nintendo it's more so about their specific games so like for instance like super mario odyssey but if you were to like stream where i don't i think they i don't know if they publish xenoblades but um whereas it's not they didn't develop it they probably wouldn't care as much that's fair Hmm. i don't know exactly but i don't i think that's how it would be yeah and monolith uh the people that made Xenoblade Chronicles too. They um, they helped make uh, Breath of the Wild actually. Oh, cool! They were they were part of the primary like core dev team 
they made Xenoblade Chronicles 2 at the same time with like a fraction of their workforce. Oh shit. Yeah, I was really impressed because a lot of those areas look really pretty and the game ended up being a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's full of cliche, anime cliches and, and cute girls and huge tits. And I'm just like, this is going to be a pandering fucking weeb fest. And then it ended up being like a really like heartwarming JRPG with a good story and, and occasional comic relief. Like, ah, I can, I could talk forever about this fucking game, but I should stop. <laughs> I mean, all it really does is it reminds me that, um, we're finally getting Vesperia again and I'm really pumped. Oh yeah, that's right. Like that's a that's a Tales game, right? Yeah, it is probably in terms of the 3D games, it's probably the best. I would say there's there's three different bests you can talk about. I really can't talk about the 2D ones all that much because I haven't played them a lot. So I won't even mm-hmm. I won't even dive into that. I'm sure some fan along the way will find this and you know yell at me for <laughs> my opinions on that. But in terms of the 3D ones, the best is easily Vesperia, and then. The only other thing I can really talk about is the the sequels, and this will be a controversial opinion. I honestly think Zestiria and Brazoria are the best when it comes to sequels. There's only a few of the games in the series ever had sequels. Honestly, the world building was just was god tier. When a game has good world building, it instantly catches my attention. Um, so are the Tales games not in a shared universe, or are they? Um, it's shared in a loose way, similar to like Final Fantasy. Okay. Because, like, you say sequel, and I'm thinking, what, like, the same party, like, continued? Yeah, kind of. Or, okay. So, um, in Zestiria, you don't really keep any of the same characters, except for one, and he doesn't really join the party, he's just there. And the rest of the characters are all characters that are either talked about, or are referenced in, like, lore and shit. But it, it, it is a direct sequel in that regard, but it's, like, a 500-year span. Uh, and I think that's how they did it with symphonia or was it sim- or oh man i'm gonna get this all wrong now uh one, one of the old 2d games or actually yeah one of the old 2d like top down ones did it as well where it was like a 200 or 300 year span interesting kind of reminds me of uh the way final fantasy does sequels sometimes like they've only done it a few times and i've only played a few of them but like i've played i tried final fantasy 4 the after years but like the steam version kept crashing on me i was really disappointed so uh, <laughs> I wanted to buy it so bad. I'm like looking at it. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna do this, and then everyone in the, in the uh, reviews is just like it crashes all the time, and I'm sitting here like, and I'm like, yeah. if I play this on stream and it crashes, I'm gonna waste my money. <laughs> like it, yeah. it's just not gonna be worth it. Because like I really enjoyed Final Fantasy IV's Steam version, but like the sequel didn't even run. Like I got through the intro cutscene, and I it crashes every time. I don't know why. Ugh. I was very sad. But the first one actually works for me, but obviously not everyone <laughs> you saw. <laughs> yeah. The the 13 saga has pretty good sequels. I, I would argue they're probably both better than the base game. People like to shit on 13's base game because, like, it's just a hallway. <laughs> yeah, I mean... But, like, the combat had a lot going for it. Like, everyone always liked to bitch about, like, auto battle being a thing. But it's like, but no... That's not the like selecting your skills out isn't the game. Like the game is like changing your paradigms of your party to block things. For example, in thirteen two, right, fighting the final boss, he has a big tell, a wind up where he's going to do an attack that will kill you, no matter what, right? Yeah. And what you do is you hit R one, 
you switch to Sentinel, 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 auto battle, everyone blocks. You have three seconds to do that, or you're dead. (laughs) You do shit like that all the time, because switching is free and necessary to pull off everything that you want to do. Auto battle is the least of the game's problems. It's probably a good thing. Like Without it, the game would suffer. Because you'd be picking out skills all the time. They'd probably have to port over the Gambit system from 12 just to get your AI comrades to do anything. Like, Yeah. And the Gambit system works for 12 because it's more open. Like, For 13, you stop in battle like old Final Fantasy. So, Yeah. And to be honest with you, I think that... I mean, I guess it's probably not... It's not exactly the same, obviously. But in 12, the way the combat system works right now... Like, at first, when I was like, oh, I hit a button and my character runs up and it hits it. I'm like, yeah. But in all honesty, I find myself all the time, like, swapping and going through my menus and, and just learning to do it faster so that, like, you know, I don't feel so bad about not, you know, gambiting everything um, because you just can't. And I like that you're kind of limited yeah. in that so that, you know, what you want your characters to do automatically, since it's such as I, I prioritize healing and, and uh and buffing and all that so that I don't have to do that. But in terms of dealing damage, I usually keep that so that I can like read something and then just react to it. And that's been a lot of fun. Actually, I have a, a, an amazing amount of fun playing 12 in, in, in that regard. And I think 13 of what little I played, I think that the system working the way it does seem like it was like it had an obvious progression when they developed it, they mm-hmm. knew what they were doing. They did it on purpose, regardless of if it worked for everyone, I guess. It, it, I guess it's more of an opinion-based thing, but I honestly don't think that it was a bad system in that regard. Yeah, and they, they kept the system mostly the same in the sequels. It, they just improved everything else about the game, which is the, the criticisms that were probably actually legitimate, Yeah. whereas the rest of the criticisms were not. So, And that's fine. Uh, I remember in my first playthrough of 12, I had a really ridiculous Gambit setup. Like I had Fran... And I was only using Fran, I don't know why, but I, I picked three people, Bosch, Fran, and Vaughn, the, the dumbest party. Like, I regret the decision. And I made Fran my spellcaster for some reason. Like, there were no classes in the original 12. Yeah. Everyone had the same license board. And so I built Fran with gambits to basically, if they're weak to a specific element, cast that specific element, like the highest level, all the way down to the bottom, just attack enemy, scathe which is the that game's version of ultima right yeah is a scathe so we would run around someone would have libra so we know the weakness and she would use the appropriate spell and it used pretty much all of her gambit slots to pull this off but i was just you know nuking the weaknesses like of everyone (laughs) or hitting them with ultima (laughs) if they didn't have a weakness it was nuts and she had a ring that um you get at the lighthouse thing I was talking about earlier yeah. that halves the MP cost of every skill. Damn. So it was effective. I need to get that. I was very happy with the build. Yes, yes, you do. I forget what it's called, but it halves MP cost and I think it absorbs uh, holy, holy magic. Thanks. Because, yeah, at the moment I have Ash. Uh, she's my red mage. She's a red mage slash Ulan. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason why. I mean, like, I love her damage output. It is is superior. But I wanted to have... I guess the way I set up my dynamic was that Bosch was going to be my tanky character. And then I was setting up Vaughn to be my damage dealer. And I wanted her to... I mean, at at first, I didn't really want her to be my my support. 
but kind of like leaned into that. But the issue now is that she just does more damage than everyone. She's just very strong. Yeah. Old Han's a good class too. That's the spear yeah. one, right? Yeah. It goes through enemy armor. It does ridiculous damage. Also, the best weapon in the game is a spear. As it should be. There you, yeah, <laughs> knowing you. So, you may not believe this, but we've managed to talk for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Already. So, I think we should probably wrap up with some uh, more podcast-related material. So, I, I mentioned to you earlier that I had an idea. I was thinking maybe once a month, we should invite everyone to a Google Hangout. I was thinking... I was kind of inspired, to be honest, by Co-Optional, because after Total Biscuit died, I, w- I didn't really watch Co-Optional. I watched a couple episodes, especially after he died and they were talking about him, and I really like their format. You know, they're obviously in some kind of video call, and they're just talking. They obviously don't edit because it's video. While that, it's not lazy, because it's a different format, yeah. right? I the, the format of our show has always been inspired by Hello Internet, where I edit the shit out of every time you say, but... Uh, <laughs> Right, you know, so I don't edit them all out, but I edit enough of them out. You'd be surprised. <laughs> I've always liked that edited, clean feel to a podcast where you know unnecessary silence is shortened. And sometimes when uh, you, me, and Sarge are all in the recording, like we'll be silent for a second. Two people will start talking, but one person wins out, and the other person just shuts up. That's hard to listen to. But I know it isn't rude because that's just how we talk. That's just natural. So I'll take the person who loses that battle and mute their line yeah. for that segment. And it makes it so much clearer to sound unless they start shouting. I mean, then I'll probably just cut it. But, you know, it's just natural that if we have a moment of silence and then we're like, okay, who speaks next? And then <laughs> someone speaks up and it's like, okay, one of y'all's getting muted. Yeah, <laughs> in the in the recording and post. I think we we had a talk about that at one point, didn't we? Where we we're like, "Hey, it's gonna happen. Don't worry about it." Yeah, like don't be offended. Like just keep talking. Whoever has the better start will win. Like it just happens. Yeah. Like, and we've all taken L's on that one. You know, some of us have won those ones. Like it's not just me talking over all of you. Yeah, exactly. I definitely don't want it to be. I, I know it can easily be construed that way because I'm the one recording, so I'm in every episode. <laughs> so. I was thinking maybe monthly we could get together on a Google Hangout. It doesn't have to be Google Hangouts. It could be Tiny Chat or some new technology I don't know about yet that does it better, where we're all in a video call and we're all just dicking around. And I was thinking Google Hangouts, I've seen many YouTube videos of Google Hangouts recordings. I think it's built in. I want to find out more about it because if it is built in, then we can save the videos and put them on our Melomancy channel that we don't use um, as like a stream archive of our Google Hangout, or we could stream it on Twitch and save it that way. I don't know which is better. <laughs> Obviously, more research is required. Yeah, definitely. We actually, I think one of the big things we could do is we could just ask the community, see what they think. Yeah, see, like one, are they interested, and two, like what technology should we use to even pull this off? <laughs> but yeah, I definitely want to do that, and I was thinking. We should do more episodes with just two people because they're easier to edit, which means I, I spend less time editing them. Uh, even this, I'm probably going to spend like 20 minutes editing it. Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. This is going to happen just because there's going to be stuff to cut out and silence to shorten. It's just how it works. And the more I cut, the better because long episodes, like some people like that, 
I definitely like it. Like I'd be, I've been listening to our old stuff recently, like on the bus, the bus rides over before the episode's over and it just feels good. Like I normally just listen to music, you know, but then the podcasts just have this unique way of passing time. And it's like listening to a conversation because that's what it is. And I don't know. It's just, I feel like I'm stating the obvious, but no, I think it's good to be able to, to recognize and understand too. Not to mention, if you enjoy what you do, there's always going to be someone who enjoys it too, right? And I think that's, I myself have listened back on the podcast, so. Yeah, did you notice the, the, the quality, like, just, like, ramps up towards the end? Yes, it does. That's when I started spending multiple hours editing. <laughs> like, listening back, pausing every, like, freaking five seconds, cutting stuff out, like. It paid off? I was getting really meticulous about it. It might have even been overboard. <laughs> I mean, but, um, yeah, yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, Sorry. no, I was just going to say, I, I used to edit my, my Dark Souls videos and I was actually trying to do YouTube. And that was one of the big things is like an hour of video I would go through and I would come out with like, I don't want, I mean, I don't want to say like 30 minutes. It was just like, I cut, I cut it and cut it in half and it would take me like four hours to do. I know. It's like, well, I thought it, it totally took an hour to record. So I thought it would only take an hour to edit. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it's gonna take an hour just to listen back to the whole thing exactly minus all the times you pause to actually make an edit like oh it's awful but yeah like i said at the beginning of our podcast i don't know if i said it on the show or if i just said it to you two but like as long as it's fun i want to keep doing it and we stopped for a while but it's, it's not because it wasn't fun anymore i was just too busy but uh that has changed well it's really gonna change once i go back to day shift at work but it's still better than it was. No more homework to chain me down. I don't have like looming deadlines and tests to study for. The degree is in the mail. <laughs> Proud of you for that too. Do you have any closing statements you'd like to add? Well, I guess a uh, closing statement to any of our listeners, if you even exist anymore, or any new listeners, I guess, at that point. I guess, I don't know, if you guys have anything you want to hear or anything, any criticisms. Uh, let us know. That way we can, uh, I guess, improve. we the big thing. I mean, do you want to hear more podcasts with two of us? Uh, should we go back to three of us, even though it makes Dylan's life harder? Do you hate Dylan? <laughs> do you hate him? Do you hate me? I mean, if, whether they send us criticism or not, I don't plan on stopping. It's fun. So Yeah, exactly. I guess at, at the at the end of the day, we're still going to try and do this. If people got ideas on how I could do it better, I'll listen. It's just the people telling me to stop that will just be ignored. Yeah. 